The following is a presentation of Hog Eye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. Hey man, turn on the radio. Let's hear some tunes. From deep in the heart of Hog Eye Country, this is the Hog Eye Sports Show. Oh, baby, they're lining it up. Is that all this thing will pick up? Of course, it's Hog Eye Sports Radio. Hello, Hawkeye fans. Welcome into another exciting episode of the Hawkeye Sports Show. Michael Johnson and Josh Scott recording live from the center of the Hawkeye universe once again. And in this episode, we're going to start out with this week in the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy. We'll talk some Livingston Academy volleyball and soccer. And then we'll focus in on the Livingston Academy versus White County Senior Night football game that was held this past Friday night. So, Josh, let's start out with uh, this week in the world of sports. How about them Vols? <laughs> How about them Vols? There's somebody in this room who didn't think they uh, had a chance at winning, right? Yes, I will confess that I, I predicted Tennessee to lose versus Mississippi State because I did not have any confidence in the Vols to pull out a victory. So, uh, I'll eat a little crow here. And, uh, you know, I, I'm glad to see them win, obviously, because I'm a big fan. But I didn't, I didn't predict that they would win. Um, so I'm going to throw it back to you here and open the floor for you to give your official apology to Jarrett Garantano. <laughs> I don't know that I can say I'm sorry, but I'll say thank you. Uh, <laughs> he went 6-7 for 106 yards and a touchdown. Threw a nice little bomb he, he did. to uh, the freshman Keaton. Um, you know, I guess they did enough. I have to go back and look at play by play, but I think they ran the ball like 14, 15 straight times before they let him throw it. Yes, you know, so I don't know that uh, they really have a lot of confidence in him to throw the football. But he was six to seven, and I mean, overall, Mauer of course starts the game and gets hurt. He took a, oh, an man. awkward, man. awkward looking hit. It looked really bad. And that was on that was on him, you know, Mike trying yeah. to make a play. And, yeah, and we were at home going, and he just broke his neck. Oh, that looked and, terrible. He immediately reached for that neck, but I hope it's just a concussion. I mean, that's not good either. No. But, you know, overall, passing game wasn't terrible. 10 of 14 for 167 yards. Of course, the Garantano touchdown to a name that has been kind of forgotten up there. Tyler Bird yeah. was a Butch Jones guy and had, had mostly played special teams. He ends up leading the receiving core on the day. Wow. Three receptions, 56 yards, and a touchdown as a, as a fifth-year senior, I believe. Uh, and you didn't expect that coming in. I mean, they've been Callaway and Jennings heavy. Sure, sure. And that that touchdown from Bird salted the game away. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's thirteen to ten. And honestly, as a Tennessee fan, I don't I, know. I don't know if you were watching it, but I as was, a Tennessee fan, you're thinking, "Here's Garantano. Here, here it comes. They're going to run the ball as much as they can until somebody stops and they're going to punt it. Yeah, or take the field goal. And a field goal there makes it a six point game. And exactly. then it's the ultimate Tennessee heartbreak yes, of yes. here comes Mississippi State touchdown, game over at the end. Um, but no, I mean, 
Overall, on the ground, they ran for 203 yards, which is big-time football in SEC. It's what you need to do. Yes. But we talked about it before we kind of come on. I don't know if it's indicative of, of Tennessee improving so much as to how bad Mississippi State has dropped off. Yeah, that's definitely an indictment of Mississippi State. It is It is not – Tennessee did not turn the ship around that fast, I don't believe. No, and, and now let's, let's not just totally down them. I think they're getting better. Oh, I don't think they're as bad as they were. But, you know, they're not a 1-4 in team. No, they're the best. Coming in, I think they were the best 1-4 in team in the country. But you've played well at, at Florida until the end. Your offense just can't put up points. Mm-hmm. The Georgia game, you're leading, you know, early in the second quarter. Offense in the second half just sputters out. And, of course, Georgia's number three team in America at the time. Were, were, yeah. And, um, but, you know, yesterday, we're recording this on Saturday, you know, they were the best team on the field. You know, the, the, the stats kind of – little skewed, I guess. You know, first downs is really the only thing that uh, Mississippi State led in. They had 20 to Tennessee's 14, but we outran the ball on them. We controlled time of possession. We didn't turn the ball over as much as they did. And that's a lot of things that go into helping you win a game. So, if you're a Vols fan, like we are, I mean, it's nice to see them put together a, a good win. I, it was it was interesting that it was a year ago on the same date, on the, you know, that they beat Auburn. Oh, really? You know, at Auburn last year. So, Jeremy Pruitt is two and zero against Western opponents not named Alabama. Well, so I mean, and I, he's not he's going to be two and two after. Uh, this definitely, Saturday. yeah. So, uh, if Tennessee wins this coming Saturday, um, the guy gets. Well, I guess the guy's already come down from the top yeah, of the he, auto dealership. He got to come he? down. He he was very confident that that this week was the week, and I think a lot of Tennessee fans saw this game. Um, I guess saw the improvement over the last couple of weeks and thought, you know, Mississippi State's struggling, just got blown out by Auburn. Um, you know, they've got to come to Neyland. It's a morning game. Uh, Mississippi State fans did not travel well up there. I noticed that. So, I mean, all the things were right, and, and there was a lot of energy about Maurer. Of course, you lose him in the first half, but, I mean, they did enough to win the football game, get to two and four. And, honestly, after the Alabama game, every game is winnable. That definitely I mean, is. Uh, South Carolina – Hey, they beat Georgia with a, uh, a third-string third string quarterback. quarterback. Yeah, um, but the that might be the game we don't win. Well, if but we win out. the but there for me is that the third-string quarterback really didn't do anything. He just kind of held held. Yeah, together. that was uh, you know I read Clay Travis's thing on that that uh, you know every every team each year lays an egg in in a game, kind of like maybe foreshadowing what happened to Livingston and White County. Even though Livingston pulled the game out, this might be the you know the game where Livingston lays an egg a little bit as you. You know, as a figure of speech, you know, not playing up to their standards, possibly. Uh, but uh, Georgia outgained uh, uh, South Carolina. They beat them everywhere but the scoreboard. Yes, yes, they definitely and, did. And it, I said before we come on, Kirby Smart's the dumbest guy with the last name Smart in America. Yeah. He should have tried, at least tried the field goal to win it at the end of regulation and doesn't. Mm. And then just. I mean, he just makes some silly mistakes in, in crunch time situations every time he gets a chance. I, I didn't get to see any of that game. How, how does oh. neither team score in the first overtime? Well, so in the in the first overtime, Fromm threw another pick. Oh. So Carolina gets the ball and just gets it to where the kicker says he wants it. Right. And he misses it. Just. Mm. And then Georgia mm. comes out and and um, doesn't get any get anything going offensively and misses. I think they no they, South Carolina got, South Carolina come out and got their field goal. Yeah. And then Georgia come out and couldn't do anything again, and you know misses the field goal. Yeah, the great kicker from Georgia, Rodrigo, who, who uh, hit plenty of of X. I mean, he's one of the best kickers. He in the is nation. one of the better kickers in the nation. And 
to see him miss that. I mean, I, watching at home, I knew that he was going to nail that. Here we go, triple overtime, but uh, nope. No, it, no, sirree. No, sirree. It was it was neat to see, and of course, you know, I, I liked it. Will Muschamp. I don't like Will Muschamp. I should say that, but I don't his either. post game was to ask him what it meant for him. He said, "Don't mean a damn thing for him. It's all about his team." And I appreciate that. Good, you know, good that's, line. That's yeah. a good line. It's all about the team. And uh, now they've got to rally around a third string quarterback. And I think reality will start to hit home there. If if uh, Helinski or whatever his name is can't go. Going forward, they're going to struggle to win football games. But they were better than Georgia yesterday, and he didn't. The third string quarterback there did enough to hold that lead. And I mean, you look, it was seventeen to four or seventeen to ten at halftime. Uh, Georgia scored in the fourth quarter, make it seventeen seventeen, and there's a field goal. So nothing offensively for the last really two mm-hmm. quarters and and the two overtimes for South Carolina, but. Alabama rolled last late or yesterday evening. Imagine that. Yeah, imagine that. Clemson rolled. The night the game of the night I thought was LSU and Florida. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fun game to watch. Yes. LSU love it's, Coach it, O. It's, it's it's great to watch Florida get the crap beat. Oh yeah. Did you see where the uh student section was doing the gator chomp at oh, the no, I didn't the see it, but that's awesome. Florida people, they were aggravating the crap out of them. Jalen Hurts becomes the first player to ever win. The Iron Bowl and the Red River rivalry. Wow. You know, I think he's the first player to really play in them either. Sure, but, I'm sure. I mean, yeah. but he continues his campaign for Oklahoma. Wisconsin looks like they're legit. Of course, they'll have Ohio State, but they roll. Going back to the Clemson State. thing, I, I read, uh, I think it was in Clay Travis's column, he said Clemson could wind up being uh, the first team to make the college football playoffs. Maybe he, I don't exactly know how he worded it, but Clemson may not play any team that will be finished the season ranked in the top 25. I believe that. ACC is pretty bad. Yeah, pretty terrible, yeah. Um, continuing, Notre Dame squeaks by USC. The Big Ten, oh, my God, I can't watch hardly anything that they have. Ohio State and Wisconsin by far the two best teams there. Penn State and Iowa, 17-12, and it's just a snooze fest at that. Mm-hmm. Boise State puts a 59 on Hawaii, win 59-37. Utah, 52-7 winners over Oregon State. Michigan, 42-25 winners over Illinois. Pac-12 shootout. Arizona State defeats Washington State, who I am an idiot, and said that there was a chance that Washington State could get into the college football playoff this year. <laughs> Winning the Pac-12, they're now 3-3 three and three and 0-3 oh in the Pac-12. Well, yeah, you so gotta, swinging a mess on that. Yeah, you got to make some picks that don't make sense yeah, sometimes. Right, yeah, that's it. Uh, Louisville puts up 62 on Wake Forest to win 62-59. to 59. So how about that wow. basketball game that broke out on the football field? Baylor, for the first time in a long time, is undefeated, 6-0, 3-0 in the Big 12, 33-30 winners over Texas Tech. So, got to think that they're going to get Texas at some point. I think they're in the Big 12 south of Texas. Every team plays every team in the Big 12, I believe. That works. I think that's why I've read that somewhere. There's no point in them having a uh, a championship game because they've all played each other. <laughs> There's only like, what, six teams in it's the Big like 12? A, hey, that's fine with me. You'll see how good they are when they play Texas and Oklahoma. Memphis, hate to see it, loses at Temple, 30-28. to And running out the top 25 is Cincinnati defeating Houston, who, interestingly enough, I'm glad I saw their, their thing come up. They had a senior, a, a graduate senior, go on a Twitter rampage this year, and I want to get your opinion on this, or this week, get your opinion on this, is uh, he called Houston yes, the I first college football team to tank. Yeah, They're asking redshirt, or juniors and seniors that are talented, starters, to redshirt on this season, to learn the playbook, all these things, so they can be super competitive next year and add recruits. What do you think about that? That's uh, is that is that fair or foul? 
it's not illegal, so it's fair. It may not be morally correct or uh, may not be the way you should do it, but if it's not against NCAA regulations, I mean, they found a way to beat the system. If that would work, they found a way to beat the system. Exactly. If you're a Tennessee fan and you told me that you could redshirt um, Callaway because yeah. you can't redshirt Jennings, but all these good guys, Trey Smith, yeah. all these guys, yeah. and just punt on the season because that's what Houston's doing. Yeah. Would you say, okay, that's fine with me? Or at Tennessee, would that work somewhere like Tennessee? At Houston, I think it works because nobody really cares. Yeah. Texas football, Texas A&M football, Baylor's down that way, now, you know, and they're playing well. LSU's across the border to the east. I don't think New Mexico has a team that matters. So nobody really cares about Houston football. Yeah. I mean, the Astros are really good. You know, the Texans are competing, so they don't really care about the University of Houston. Mm. But – if it works, oh man! If it works, other teams will do it. Yeah, they're and they're not a they're not a power five school. Yeah, so they're a team that's on the group of five. Yeah, let's say next year they go undefeated <laughs> and get to a New Year's Six bowl, or wow. yeah. somehow get into the college football playoff. Doesn't he look like a genius? He does. What if they all transfer and there's go somewhere the else? there's the kicker? No pun intended. What if everybody decides? You know what? That's stupid. I redshirted this year. I didn't play last year. You know what? I'm just going to transfer to Texas yes. and Oklahoma and LSU and Tennessee and all these, all these places because this dude doesn't really care about winning. If you could talk some kids into doing it and keeping them, I mean, you could you could possibly you know really improve the next year. Because but that's hard. That's a hard sale. I feel it like. Is. I it mean, is. and if it's anywhere else, I don't. If it's anywhere yeah. that matters, yeah, I just you say. couldn't do it at like Tennessee, Alabama, Florida. I mean, you couldn't do it. Yeah, Kentucky, I mean, Kentucky Vanderbilt. Could you do it there? Vanderbilt, yes. I don't think you can do it at Kentucky now. I think everybody wants to see the eight, nine wins. I mean, they they played a wide receiver at quarterback last night and expected to win, and they mm-hmm. did for the second time ever doing that. <laughs> um, and Derek Dooley was not coaching the other team. <laughs> but it's uh, – I think at a bottom feeder, Arkansas probably could get away with something like that right now. A uh, Ole Miss probably could. Mississippi State might could as, as bad as they're playing right now. Um, but at Alabama, imagine if they went and said, hey, all right, Tua, you know what? <laughs> Just red shirt, bud. We're going to, of course, yeah. obviously that's a different caliber, and they're, sure. they're competing for national sure. titles. Houston has no shot. Yeah. But you know, Michigan, who mm. is vastly underachieved, when they got dog stomped, what was it, a couple weeks ago? What if Harbaugh, go, Harbaugh goes into the locker room and is like, all right, dude, uh, you're red shirt, and you're red shirt, and you're red shirt, and you're red shirt, and before you get your four games in, right, you can play. We'll improve, and, yeah. we'll improve and play next year. You can play a couple, three games, and then red shirt. I, yeah. don't, I don't really like that rule. I don't either. I think that's a bad rule. Um, so that's that's a little bit of college football. Let's let's move to a major league baseball now. Our second ever real Woo-hoo. major league baseball uh, update. Big baseball fan. The Atlanta Braves are out of the playoffs. The most Atlanta way. That Georgia fan. Georgia sports suck. <laughs> yeah. So I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. If you want to call me a fan, I used to be an Atlanta Braves fan. I, I kind of grew out of my baseball uh, fandom, but I still kind of follow it a little bit. Uh, currently, we are in the National League and American League Championship Series, and the Nationals and the Cardinals are the two teams in the National League still in it. Nationals are up two games to nothing over the Cardinals. May see the Washington Nationals in the World Series for the first time ever. That would be impressive, especially after losing um, Bryce Harper to free agency to the Phillies. Mm. He feels like they're not doing enough to win up in mm. Washington, mm-hmm. and then they somehow get the World Series. Yeah. That'd be karma. Egg on his face. Yep, absolutely. And then the hated Yankees yep. are up one game to nothing over the Astros. 
which I cannot stand that the Astros are in the American League now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Uh, it's, I'm not just with it's just wrong. It's just wrong. But uh, they are, and they are down one game to nothing to the Yankees, and they also play tonight for the second game in that series. Uh, let's hope it is a Nationals Astros World Series. I'd be okay with that. I can't all, stand the Yankees. It'd be an All National League World Series. Yeah, in my in my in, thinking, in your opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not an NL team in Texas now, is there? Both AL Texas Rangers and That's Houston true. Astros. That's true. Dumb. So, speaking of Major League Baseball, have you seen the uh, possible new stadium renderings for the downtown Major League Baseball team in Nashville? Yes, can't happen. It won't happen. <laughs> But it's some good things. It's and neat. They, they want to call them the Nashville Stars, too. They've already come up with a name for them. I just don't. I asked the question to some friends of mine that are Sounds fans and I love going to First Tennessee, and you go to First Tennessee for soccer. Mm-hmm. So why can't they add seats they could. up and add seats in the outfield? Baseball right now, there's a lot of baseball fans out there, and I get it. It's a dying sport. It is. It is what it is. And – Something's got to revitalize that, and you get it. You have to get it in markets that will thrive in. I think Nashville will be a good market for baseball, just because Nashville fans go to everything. Yeah. Uh, case in point, soccer, hockey, the two of the lower end spectrum, you know, popular mm-hmm. in America sports have now boomed. You know, um, but why not add to it? And they're telling me there's not enough room there. I've been to First Tennessee Park, and I thought, well, why couldn't you add in five thousand seats? Here? It holds what nine, ten thousand yeah. now. Add five thousand more seats in there. And yeah, I don't really you think you need park. cavernous baseball stadiums anymore. I don't, I don't think the so. The only either. time they fill up is the playoffs. Yeah, that's and it. And then it looks bad for the Tampa Bay Rays to have a thousand fans in a sixty thousand seat stadium. It looks yeah. really bad. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. The twenty years ago, yes, it looked it, it was thriving. Everything's good now. No. Yeah. And I think that if I'm the major league baseball, you know, the commissioner and everybody looking out, I mean, Nashville would be a great place for one. Hey, maybe they should. Uh, Introduce promotion and relegation in baseball like they do in soccer. There and you go. Send the Rays down to Triple A. I agree. And bring up say Nashville or some other Triple A team to uh, the major neat. leagues. If the bottom two teams that one out from the NL, one from the AL, got sent down to the minors, and That'd then your cool. top two. Uh, I think that'd be teams, an interesting way to keep things going. It's in in soccer. That's how they do it over in Europe and most of the rest of the world. It's so exciting. For the teams that are in the bottom, in the second division, you know, to to win and get promoted to the top division, where you get to play the big boys, they're just they're just you know that that's the best thing that can happen to I you. Would, and I would be okay instead of having the farm system there, doing kind of like the soccer does in the transfer system, the loaner mm-hmm. system out. Okay, you're gonna you, you didn't want this guy on your MLB roster. He's playing AAA f- baseball and he's hit 25 homers on the year. Sorry, Yankees, you're not gonna you're not gonna get him. But if we win, we'll play you next year and mm-hmm. see what he's got. You know, yeah. or if you won't let him out, you pay us, and that would help bring or support those AAA and AA and whatever farm systems on up and down the line. Mm. Uh, so, uh, speaking of promotion and relegation, we're going to get to soccer here now. There's a soccer team in the Premier League right now. It's called Bournemouth. Eight years ago, they almost had to fold and quit as an organization. They were terrible. They were in the fourth division of of European soccer. Uh, and if they would have lost the last game of the season, they were going to have to fold and quit as an organization. That team went from almost gone. Four years later, they were in the Premier League. Oh, wow. They, they won promotion each year up, up another level, up another level, made it to the Premier League, and they've been in the Premier League for the last four years now and are one of the top, you know, not top squads, but they're not, they haven't even faced a, a relegation battle 
uh, since they uh-huh. made it. So that, that's one of those you know feel good stories. Yeah, you know, it'd be like Tennessee Tech going getting from Division One, yeah, getting getting to the SEC. You know, getting promoted to the SEC and and staying there. Yeah, being in the middle of the pack, Ole Miss, yeah. Tennessee kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So uh, let's talk a little bit about soccer now. Um, let's do uh, Major League Soccer. MLS is now going to the playoffs. Uh, they have a thing called the Supporters Shield. We'll talk about that some next year, maybe when Nashville's in the uh, MLS. But that is they they give that to the team who gets the most points in the regular season. You get three points for a win, one point for a tie. And the Los Angeles Football Club, which is a brand new uh, squad, they've only been around a couple of years. They won the most points uh, out of any team in MLS this year, so they won the Supporters Shield. Really doesn't mean anything. It's kind of like a uh, you know notching your belt type thing. It don't really do anything for you, but it's uh, it's a thing they've got. So they'll be they'll be going in the playoffs. Um, speaking of playoffs, Nashville Soccer Club has won a home playoff game due to the results from this past Saturday night. I was in attendance, and they beat the team from North Carolina, North Carolina FC, 2-0 with two really impressive goals and really controlled most of the game. So they also are in second place in the Eastern Conference of the USL with one game to play this Saturday night. They have one more game, and if they win and the team in first place does not win, tie or lose, Nashville will be guaranteed first place in their last season in the USL. How about that? Pretty impressive. And he's the first team, first place team is Pittsburgh. They play Birmingham, who is the 10th yeah. place team. Not very good. Birmingham's an expansion side. This is their first year playing yeah. soccer. So, um, they, they were close to getting a playoff spot, but they've been eliminated from the playoffs now. Yeah, Birmingham. 11. Seven and 14, 11 wins, seven draws, 14 losses in the year. But if you're a Nashville fan like you are, you're hoping that yeah. they can put it Just together. Just at least draw. you know, Get them a draw, and Nashville wins and gets that number one seed throughout. Yeah, it'd be awesome. And, uh, and if, you know, there is no, like, in the Super Bowl, you got a specific place. If Nashville wins, 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 and makes it to the final game versus uh, uh, the, the Western Conference foe, it's whoever had the better record mm-hmm. in the – uh, regular season gets to host it. Well, and you had to figure that Nashville has a pretty good chance at winning too because they play Atlanta United uh, two. Yeah, and they're, they're nine, not very good. eight and sixteen on yeah, there, so they're even not a double good. digit win. So you had to feel pretty good about Nashville winning. You're just kind of your big time Birmingham fan if you're a Nashville soccer club mm, fan this year. Definitely. So uh, also the U.S. Men's National Team played the first ever. Uh, they got a new thing now called the Concacaf Nations League. They get all the teams from Concacaf, which is the um, how do you explain this? It is all the teams in North America and Central America, all the national teams mm-hmm. uh, play a uh, a new way to qualify for the World Cup. So this was the first game in a long, long qualification process for the World Cup. They also play again uh, Tuesday night versus uh, – it's escaping me right now. I haven't looked it up. They play again this week, and then they won't play again for another month or two. So um, that's a little bit of our – uh, this week in the world of stuff, sports. Uh, of course, hockey's back. Basketball's preseason. That'll count. It'll be uh, it'll be coming soon. They've had a big uh, to do with China, but let's not do politics yeah. on oh, this thing. So uh, let, let's move on to Livingston Academy sports now. And since we were talking about soccer, let's talk about Livingston Academy soccer. The girls team played Cookville this past Tuesday night at home and didn't have a very good result. No, a rarity, a shutout. 
have they been shut out this year? I think they might have had a zero-zero draw at a, uh, a tournament. Club, yeah. At a tournament, yeah, it was against Portland, I believe. And I mean, that's probably the last, that's probably the only time that, other than Cookville, they've been shut out. Yeah, a four-nil loss to Cookville, a good Cookville team. Um, it must be a very good Cookville team. Yeah, to put up four goals on Livingston and obviously allow none. Um, pretty impressive, but. You know what? The it, best, it was basically, it was a glorified scrimmage. That's it right. didn't matter. The best thing is it doesn't really matter. You know, we talked to Coach Sadler before uh, they played, you know, and entered that, I guess, bye week for them. And he talked about how they were just going to treat it as a friendly. And, um, you know, so it counts on your record, obviously, but it doesn't count in the grand scheme of things. The best thing is, is that now you enter District 6AA play uh, this Tuesday night, the 15th. Um, at Upman High School, they're going to play DeKalb County, a team that they beat already this year, six to two. Yeah. Uh, so and that game was over with before halftime. Yeah. Uh, you know he had his second string JV players in before halftime, I believe. Uh, so that that should be you would hope uh, a win for Livingston on Tuesday night, and that would hopefully set up a rematch against one of the only losses on the season. Or Livingston, because they've lost, uh, not counting, I'm not sure how, what they did in Myrtle Beach, but uh, of just Tennessee games, they've lost two games this year. And then, of course, we just mentioned the Cookville game, and they also lost to the Cumberland County School, who they hope to have a rematch with on, what is that, Thursday night? Thursday night. If they get the championship game, let's let's go back to Tuesday first. Tuesday the 15th, they play at Upman High School mm-hmm. at 7 o'clock. Then if they win, they will play Thursday, the 17th, again at Upperman High School at 6 o'clock, against the winner of Cumberland County and either Stone Memorial or Upperman. Yeah, Stone and Upperman have a play-in game. Mm-hmm. On Monday. Just to get to Cumberland mm-hmm. County. Well, what a treat to win that one. <laughs> um, you know, you if you're Livingston, you hope Stone Stone wins against Upperman, or Stone yeah. or Upperman, obviously, either one. Sure. Just pull off that big upset. It'd be great. And you take care of business, not to worry about it, but... Uh, common sense and, and just knowing how it's went. It says there's a pretty good chance you're going to see Livingston and Cumberland County playing Thursday the 17th at, at uh, Urban High School for the District 6 Championship. You look a little further, um, You if, if you win, you host, presuming uh, assuming that you're going to get probably Scott County at mm-hmm. home, a team that Livingston took care of business uh, uh, up at Scott County and Huntsville earlier in the year, first game, first regular season game of the year. But if if not, the the losers probably going to travel to Anderson County, a team that Livingston handled pretty easily. Um, just about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago now, it's been a longer now. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. Um, Anderson County you beat at home, so you know honestly, you may see a Cumberland County not one, but but not one more time, but two more times. You could definitely. I mean, in a region championship game. So, but first, you got to take care of business. First things first. And I know Coach Coach Sadler saying the same thing. Is DeKalb County? It's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, let's hope for uh, f- hope for the best for the uh, girls' soccer team there. Hope they get to uh, face uh, and exercise the uh, Cumberland County demon that uh, they would like to face again. I know they're all chomping at the bit to get them. Let's let's now move to girls' volleyball. And in the past week, the volleyball team traveled to Smith County High School to play in the District Eight AA volleyball tournament. And uh, they played their first game on Tuesday at 5 o'clock 
versus Cumberland County High School and came away with a sweep, three games to nothing. And that was a semifinal, so that moved them into the final that night, and they played the other school from Cumberland County, Stone Memorial. Uh, they was, it was scheduled to start at 8. It really started closer to 9 o'clock. Yeah, it was late. <clears throat> so Livingston is once again the champions of Cumberland County as they beat Stone Memorial in the final game of the district tournament, three games to one to claim the 8AA district championships. Congratulations to the volleyball team. Yeah, absolutely. And that might, that'll make them three-time champions of Cumberland County just <laughs> this year in volleyball. Swept yeah. the whole county. Hey, congratulations all, all the way to through. them. Yeah. So, um, just, I was trying to look for some awards, and I, I saw a couple posted. Um, did you get any off that? I, no. I don't know for sure, and we, we'll try to get those district superlatives there. I want to say that the freshman Aaliyah Melton was the District 8 AA Tournament MVP. Wow. So I'm trying to confirm that going back through some stuff. Um, but they've got a phenomenal group, a phenomenal core. Again, I'm actually, I found a picture. District 8 AA All-Tournament MVP was Aaliyah Melton. Wow, congratulations so, to her as freshman, a freshman. That's very um, impressive. Obviously took home a bunch of different honors. Um, on the night again, looking again. So, pardon the pause. But while, while you're looking that up, I want to mention. You know, it was senior night for the uh, football team this past Friday night, and so let's mention who the. Of course, there's no soccer seniors, so we can't mm-hmm. mention any any seniors for soccer. But let's mention the uh, the volleyball soccer, <laughs> the volleyball senior members, and those are uh, Ray Lynn Connor, Leah Nave, Susanna Hayes. Hannah Hammonds and Summer Spears, so those those are uh, you know the leaders on that team, obviously, and congratulations to them on going out as district champions. Yeah, I don't have I don't have anything else for you right now. Well, we'll find uh, them out. I promise you, we'll get them out there and we'll get them names out there and uh, get them recognized because they've had a phenomenal year, obviously, so far and um, ten and zero, on, you know, for the year and. District 8 AA, including tournament play. So, yeah, really only lost two games. Dominating. Uh, and Cookville, again, you know, Cookville got the uh, the soccer team. Well, Cookville also got the volleyball team this year. Yeah, and, and with a dominant performance. And Cookville won the district in volleyball. Mm. So, they were their, their district champions as well. So, you know, you look at that loss and it's, it's a big one, but it doesn't really matter. And you end up losing to another district champion. So, you can't really be too upset about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so look, looking ahead, um, the volleyball team will travel to Red Bank High School to play in the region. I guess it's Region Four AA. Tell you in a second, uh, what it should be. I you know, it, it's the same as basketball or not, but you would think it, it should be the same region, Region Four, because um, it's the same as basketball. So I would, I would assume Region Four AA, and they play. You said at Red Bank High School Tuesday night as well. So you've got soccer playing at uh, seven o'clock, and you have. Volleyball, now this is where it gets a little interesting. Volleyball will play at 4.30 Eastern wow. time. That's early. So that's 3.30 uh, Central, 3.30 Livingston time. Um, so I'm guessing they're playing that early because they'll play another game maybe that night? I would assume that they're going to do it all in one. That, that would be... Well, you know, that makes sense because as I was going to mention, they talked about that if they won on Tuesday, that they would need a place to play on Thursday of this this coming week so that makes a little sense there because i thought well you know what they might still be in the region but if they're doing all of it in one day 
that might be when the sectional game is, is on Thursday. Does it it have a – Does it it, it, – we might could find that out. Uh, We're not certain, but I I have, you know, uh, got a little – little birdie may have told me that they are going to be in a pickle, you might say, about finding a place to play if they were to host the sectional game. Because, as we've uh, mentioned before on this podcast – the Livingston Academy Durward Vaughn Memorial Gym is in uh, the process of being re, uh, refinished at the moment. They got all the hardwood floor done, and they did a bunch of sanding this past week, and it it's basically just wood floor right now. <laughs> it looks like a looks like your wood floor in your house. Yeah, there's there's down. no paint anywhere. There's no lines. There's nothing. So they cannot play at Durward Vaughn Memorial Gym, and the, I believe there's a conflict at their. Uh, their, their home for the 2019 season has been the First Baptist Church. I believe they've got a conflict there and cannot use that gym. And according to my research, my crack research team, there is only one school in the county that has uh, volleyball uh, capabilities, and that's Hillham Elementary School. So congratulations to Hillham on actually having volleyball. But, uh, you know, that's probably not an ideal situation. I believe the ceiling's pretty low there for volleyball to happen, you know, especially a, a big mm-hmm. know, sectional match. So that might not be an ideal situation. Yes. But they can't go anywhere else. They can't go to Rickman. That, don't, that can't happen. They can't go to LMS. So going back to what we talked about Tuesday being early, according to TWSAA, all region, Division One regions must be completed on Tuesday. Mm. Then the Division One sectionals, must com- must be completed on Thursday. So that's why. So there yeah. you go. Um, the Division One. Now this is obvious. Yeah, Division One sectionals will be Thursday. The Division One, and of course, we're putting we're putting the card a little bit before the horse here. But go ahead and do it. If Livingston County was to appear in the state championships, it would start next Tuesday, October twenty second. So I mean, it's that's a compressed little week right there for volleyball. Yeah, there ain't no time for no resting time, no uh, no no strategy time. Uh, so I don't know what they would do. I don't know where they would play. You know, the uh, Cookville schools could they use their gyms? Well, uh, the Cookville schools are on fall break too. It might be a really big hassle trying to coordinate and get a hold of people. Yeah, if they're on vacations in Florida or, or wherever they've went. Um, so that might be, I don't know what they would do. They may have to, to, something to watch and see how it plays out. Cause that's definitely an and, issue. And it's, it's really a terrible situation for them. Yeah, I agree. De- very difficult situation. Especially when you've had the season they've had. Yes. And you should be rewarded, especially the sectional game, if possible, you should be rewarded with a home sectional game yes. and you're not going to be able to get that. Tough. Uh, especially if you can't play it in Overton County anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's. That is a very bad situation for them, but let's let's hope they actually have to deal with that situation. Let's hope yeah. they win the region tournament. That way, they can host. I would assume if they make the finals of the region and lose, they would have to travel mm-hmm. on the sectional game or substate game, as we like to call it. So that that's kind of their situation. Um, we will update you next week on that situation, obviously, in our next podcast. But uh, so. So congratulations to to volleyball on winning the district championship. Congratulations on uh, Livingston Academy soccer on such a great season. Let's hope their postseason goes well uh, this week. And so let's end that segment right here. And we'll be back to talk some Livingston Academy football right after this. 
From Flat Creek to Highland Mountain and every place in between, thank you for listening to and supporting the Hog Eye Sports Show. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show. And in this segment, we are going to discuss the Livingston Academy versus White County football game, which was held this past Friday night here at Tom Davis Memorial Stadium. It was also Senior Night, the last regularly scheduled home football game for 17 senior members of the 2019 Livingston Academy football team. That's a lot of seniors. A lot of seniors, especially for a uh, small town school like Livingston Academy. But it speaks to the success that they're having. Absolutely. A, a very experienced Livingston County football team of juniors and seniors. Been on a remarkable run this year. Yeah, the first group of seniors to ever start a season 7-0. and They've won 23 games. I guess 24 games now, counting the White County win. And they've made it to the TSSAA playoffs three out of four seasons. Pretty impressive Pretty run. run. What they haven't done is beat York. Yet. We better change that. <laughs> let's hope they do. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. Uh, so let's let's go through the names. Let's mention the names of these senior football players, managers, cheerleaders, and band members. Uh, there were three L.A. football managers recognized this past Friday night. Kalen Kelly, Riley Bohannon, and Elizabeth Godsey. You know, they, they do a lot of work that you just don't notice. You just don't think about, yeah. Uh, you know, running all that, uh, the water and, and keeping up with, with several things behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, equipment, that, making sure players got extra mouthpieces. I mean, those things you don't think about. They, right, yeah. I mean, it, it's very, uh, definitely a underappreciated job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the football players who are seniors. Uh, number 60, Robert Robinson. Number 45, Kyle Cornell. Number 85, Joseph Dees. Number 31, Zach Oliver. Number 20, Lana Taylor. Number 9, T. Beatty. Number 65, Bailey Johnson. Number 68, Cole Spears. Number 53, Donnie Phillips. Number 54, Dusty Parrish. Number 6, Nate Neely. Number 18, Will McDonald. Number 11, Wesley Smith. And number 5, Aubrey Hollers. A lot of names that we've uh, heard mentioned on this program here this year. Yeah, four of those five offensive linemen are starters for that unit. So that are seniors. So I mean, you if got you're your kicker, your quarterback, two wide receivers, four or five offensive linemen. Yes, I mean you got some back, you know second string guys that are that play a little you know Carnell and uh, special teams players. special teams players. And I mean, if you're a sophomore junior, you got to. Start getting in in the weight room right now and put in extra work because your time's be about to shine. A lot of open positions next yeah, year. Yeah, your time's about to be to shine. So that's the uh, football players and managers. Let's talk now about uh, some senior cheerleaders. Uh, Macy Allred, captain of the cheerleader squad. Macy Savage, co-captain. Emily Spears, co-captain. Uh, so you know those girls have been there three, four years. They have, some of them also do basketball cheerleading as well. Uh, that's a lot of a lot of time and effort they put in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you think you think cheerleaders rah rah and yell, but I mean they go to painting signs and um, locker rooms and and uh, a lot of support. You know, on the schools pep rallies, getting everything together. A lot goes in, into the uh, behind the scenes part of that whole squad. Yeah, they also go to some competitions. Yeah, you know, and you forget they, about that. And yeah, you don't we don't really hear much about that, but they they have some competitions as well. Uh, and then there were seven uh, band members on uh, the Spirit of the Wildcats marching band who are seniors. Bethany Bilbrey, 
uh, is the drum major and also plays the flute. And also Andrew Green, a senior who plays the French horn. Thomas Burgess plays the clarinet. Maggie Hicks, and I'm not a band guy, and this was wrote here, and I had to look up how to say it. Euphonium is what she plays. Plays the euphonium. Uh, luckily, I think I pronounced that correctly. Uh, Mackenzie Hunter, known as Mac Hunter, plays the baritone. Justin Vance plays the trumpet. And Hannah Wilson, a member of the Color Guard. Those were the senior members of the Spirit of the Wildcats marching band. And, you know, they go to competitions as well, and they are always winning their division, getting, you know, placing in their division. They do um, a really good job. Bringing back a lot of hardware, silverware, whatever you want to call that, back to uh, Hog Eye Country. So uh, congratulations to all those senior uh, members of, of their respective sport and uh, for getting their recognition that they deserve. Absolutely. So that was before the game. And now let's move to just a little bit of discussion about the game. Uh, perfect football weather. It was, was it not? I mean, Finally. It, it was a little warm on Friday. That front started to move in and some rain-cooled air around it. Yeah. And, boy, about kickoff is about 70 degrees, a little breeze blowing. It felt great out there. I do want to say, well, it might have felt great where you were standing. It was pretty hot in that press box. You know why? Because yeah. there was too many people in that press box. There's, I don't. So, so uh, last week we had the privilege of the director of schools, being right next to me up in the press box running the clock. And it was empty compared to this week. I wish he could have been up there this week and saw, because, you know, there, we're talking about a brand new brand new stadium here, mm-hmm. brand new press box, mm-hmm. and we're talking about maybe not having an upper deck on that thing and having everybody inside like it was this past so Friday just night. last Friday night, yeah. And if you could have seen all the people that was there, there and then, and then, it was crowded to begin with. <laughs> and then the game starts, and of course... What happens? It happens every every home game, basically. <laughs> Why they even start on the field, I don't know. They might as well just set up in the press up. box. But the clock would not work on the field, of course, yet again. And so they have to send yet another person up into a crowded press box. <laughs> and he has to stand between me and my son, who does the uh, scoreboard, because we can't find anyone else to do it. So my son runs the scoreboard, and there was not room for him to stand between me and my son. I mean, it was kind of a comedy of errors up there of him having to say, please excuse me so that I can push the button to start the clock or stop the clock. You know, and they won't, they're not allowed to run the scoreboard, so he can't just push in all the buttons. Mm -hmm. You know, there has to be somebody else there to do that. So um, that was, that was, uh, that was a challenge Friday night, to say the least. It was was very challenging in the press box. There were uh, a few extra folks up there you know, whatever, it's our podcast, I can say it. I'm so freaking sick and tired of these bandwagon people just because we're good showing up. I mean, I've been here for 10 years. Mac's been here for a long time. Sia's been here for a long time. Roger and Craig have been here for a long time. Don't just think you can walk in. And I should, I, I'm remiss, I should say. The Enterprise has been here a long time. Don't just think you can walk in here and just, oh, we're with the whoever. You know. Uh, and we're going to take over. That's That sucks. When, when. I go with Sid on the away games and help him film most of the games I go with him. And we don't get a special spot. At Macon County, we're going to Macon County at the last game of the season. We'll be sitting outside. They, have, won't, they won't let us you, in the press box. You don't ask for it either. That's true. You know you're rolling, shut your mouth. I mean, that's basically what you do. Okay, you know, we're not, not going to be able to sit up there. We know that going into it. Mm-hmm. That aggravates the 
time out of me, man. And I've done the same. Because now, granted, do I usually get to work on our sideline taking photos? Yes, absolutely. However, if I was to go on the other sideline, especially at Overman, <laughs> right, right, they would throw me out of there. Yeah. I mean, for the obvious. And I'm not saying anything's going on like that, but, man, I get so sick and tired of that. And while we're on the, I'm just going a little around here. I'm so sick and tired of everybody being so, oh, we watched this on this, and we did, they do such a good job. Well, maybe I do suck. I don't know. But... <laughs> I'm still going to be here when we're terrible, and it's going to happen. You know, we there's always a cycle. there's always a lull. Yeah, you know, it's ups and downs. There's always a lull. Matt McLeod was covering girls basketball over here last night, last year every week. Mm-hmm. Didn't see her become a reporter there then, or whoever <laughs> UC Sports, whatever. And I'm glad, hey, glad we're getting the exposure. Yeah, of course. But, now, in in their defense, they do have to try to pick a game of the week, so to speak. I guess, but uh, um, it it was very crowded in the press box. This past Friday night. So let's move on from yep. that. Let's move on to the game. Um, Livingston Academy versus White County. A, uh, a big rival. It is the, the last leg of the Highway 111 Cup. I know. That's, and and we, we'll, 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 get, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit here in a minute. But uh, So let's start out with a few plays. We got some uh, highlights from Roger and Craig on WLIV. And let's uh, Livingston got the opening kick. And... Uh, got a first down with a couple of passes to Aubrey Hollers, and then a few runs to uh, Caleb Robinson. Got into a fourth and short situation around midfield, and they decide to go for it on fourth down. Be aggressive, you know. You kind of like that, and mm-hmm. be aggressive. Try to try to keep momentum, keep the ball. So we're going to listen to that fourth down play. McDonald does take the snap. He will give it into the middle and trying to push it forward and not going to get there is Livingston Academy as they will go to Robinson in the middle. He needed two. He got one. And the Warriors of White County hold at the Livingston 49. Good defensive stop right there. This is going to be closer than you think. They may be going to bring this into measure. Well, they did, and it was not a first down for Livingston. So turnover on downs, White County holds. And Livingston faced some adversity in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I thought coming into it, it would be kind of what it has been. I mean, the last two years have been 35 to nothing. And yeah. you look at their four wins coming in, it didn't look like they were world yeah, beaters. Yeah. Really. yeah. But, hey, they they played well. It's a good football they team. They played well. They, um, I know they dropped out of the region or whatever for whatever reason, but I think they could have competed because, I mean, Obviously, the Cookville game, they got beat to death, but they're a pretty good little football team. They had some players. They're on the brink of turning that thing around. Yes, they could be really good next year. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, So that was the the first drive. Livingston stalls out and unable to convert on fourth down. So White County gets the ball, and they they move the ball. Uh, Get a couple of first downs. Uh, Livingston Academy gets called for a face mask penalty. And then the next play we're going to listen to here, a little more adversity for the Livingston Academy football team. Again, they'll snap it to uh, the back. He'll fight his way to the goal line. Not in yet. The officials coming across now will signal. Touchdown, White County. Had a little Wildcat action going on there, too. Big old tight end. They put a big old boy in there. The reminds me of the 85 Bears with the refrigerator Perry back in the backfield. Which they didn't do a wildcat with him. They handed it to him, but put a big old guy back there. He's hard to bring down. Absolutely. And um, again, come back to what we talked about adversity. I mean, that was the first team since Upperman 
to really drive it down the field. And that was the first time right there, first time Livingston Academy has trailed since 45 seconds left to go in the first half versus Upperman. That's a long time. Yes, it is. How long was that game? Do you ever? Uh, I mean, that's been, what, a, a September? Yeah, it was September, definitely. I mean, it's probably six weeks. No, no, probably five weeks. Let's see. The The Upperman game was September 13th. It's been a month. A month. That's hey, a long time. Hats off to White County. Uh, so, White County tries the extra point, and it's no good. <laughs> how? Yeah, he, he, here's we how. know why. He was too close. He was too close because we're foreshadowing a lot there. <laughs> how he missed that one and then to do what he did later. The goalpost yeah. must have looked yeah. way too big. Yeah, like, He's, I don't know. Golly, how do you miss an you extra to, point? We'll get to and then we'll get to Yeah, if you don't know, we'll, we'll get yeah. to it. If you know, you know. Yeah. So, uh, adversity, man. You know, Livingston Academy, they faced a lot of adversity in this game for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Livingston gets the ball back, and this drive, their second drive, is the Caleb Robinson drive. He gets the first carry. He gets the second carry. They throw it to him on the third play. He gets the the fourth play, and he gets it on the fifth play. He got the ball every play of that drive. He got a first down and then was unable to convert uh, on the next uh, set of downs. So we decided to punt this time instead of going for it on fourth down. And Joseph Dees hits it long, 48 yards, but it goes into the end zone for a touchback, so it only nets 28 yards. Mm-hmm. But it was a very good punt, just could not make it die there mm-hmm. in the uh, where you want it to die, kind of in the between the 10-yard line. So White County gets the ball back, and uh, Livingston defense shows up on this drive. Yeah. Uh, they First play is a decent run of six yards. Then uh, Dusty Parrish comes in with a tackle for loss. Uh White County has a uh, delay a game penalty. And then the next play we're going to listen to is a big-time interception. Quarterback Leftwich takes the snap. He is back to throw. Sets up. He'll fire it now. Late pass is intercepted at the 35. Back to the 30. And down he goes as he gets the football back to the 26-yard line. That is Raven Carpenter with the pick. And Livingston Academy's defense with a big play. Carson Smith got the pressure. He made him throw it before he wanted to, made the quarterback step up into the into the pocket, and then the pocket was collapsing due to the pressure by Colton Spears. Just threw it up for grabs, and there was no wide receiver close. Threw it right in the hands of Raven Carpenter. Big-time interception there from uh, for Raven Carpenter. And that's not the only big-time thing he did on uh, – no. On the night. So Livingston gets the ball back deep in Livingston or deep in White County territory. They start at twenty six yard line and they give the ball once again on the first play to Caleb Robinson. He touched the ball on nine of the first thirteen plays from scrimmage. He's had a hell of a two weeks. Academy. Not a three. I mean, why not? I, I mean, I thought that was very impressive. He gets the ball nine out of thirteen times. Uh so that was the first play of that drive. The second play of that drive is what we're going to listen to. Woo. On second down, McDonald to throw. Looks, lays it up. He's going for Carpenter. Trying to make a one-hand catch. He did. Touchdown, Livingston Academy. Oh, baby, that's as pretty as it gets right there. The ball was right over the head of the defender. The defender reached out. Raven got away with one. He used the left hand to kind of hold the defender in, in place. He didn't move him, didn't push him, just held him, held his ground there, 
stuck that right hand up in the air and pulled it in. That's a great reception for the junior. What a catch. Yeah, Over the County News Facebook has it. Go ahead and check it yes, out. Yes, yes. If but you haven't seen that. That was a phenomenal catch. That is the catch of the year. Yeah, so far. Catch so of the year. Easily so far. I mean, and we we look back and we're going to think about the Wesley Smith versus Cookville. And well, that's the catch of the year, like Absolutely. you said. I mean, it, he went out and got it one hand. Craig talked about it, kind of held his ground with the left hand. A little bumping and, and hand fighting there. Both sides, but I mean, somebody's got to catch the football right there. And Raven goes up one hand, snags it. If if you haven't seen it, if you have access to the internet, you obviously do, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Go find the it's it's on Overton County News Facebook page. It's on Max it, Preps Instagram, Max Preps Twitter. Go I find mean. that. Go find that play. Josh got right there in the perfect position. What a catch, man! Yeah, I mean, what what else can you say? No, you can't say much. I mean, it, it, everybody brags about, oh, you got a great video. No, it's just a great catch, and we're in the right spot. I mean, he, he, Craig and Roger did a good job talking about it right there. That was a phenomenal catch of the football. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with the T eighty extra point, that gives Livingston Academy the lead seven to six over the Warriors from White County. White County gets the ball back, and they don't do much with it. Uh, that's the end of the first ver- first quarter there. While in their possession, they punt the ball. Only a 25-yard punt. And Livingston gets the ball back to start the second quarter. And let's see. They have a uh, three straight. I uh, have a three and out. My bad. They have a three and out. And so Livingston punts the ball back. 40-yard punt by Joseph Deeds. And for some reason, this was a play that I did not include as a clip here, but for some reason, the White County defender, instead of letting it roll into the end zone, he decides to, for some reason, take the ball at the two, three-yard line. I'm not sure exactly which yard line he caught it on there, but uh, pretty bad decision on his part there. Yeah, I mean, I think the drive started at the two-yard line, so I didn't understand why. It, I mean, if it goes in the end zone, you get at the 20. If it dies there, then it dies there. So yeah, well, stay but, away, man. The thing is, how, I don't think the Livingston County football team thought he would he can touch it, yeah. but as soon as he started to touch it, I'd have killed him and picked up the football. Yes. I mean, because it's a live ball then. Yeah. Uh, so White County gets the ball deep in their own territory. The first play from scrimmage, boy, it was close to a safety. Uh, it was a, a, a tackle for loss, but obviously it must have been outside of the the goal line. Second play from scrimmage, no gain on the play, and then an incomplete pass knocked a uh, uh, pass breakup by Wesley Smith. So they got a punt deep in their own end zone. I mean, you would think, hey, you know, he just had a 25-yard punt. The previous possession may get really good field position, but he came away with a 43-yard punt. Really good punt. But then mm-hmm. there's a 15-yard personal foul penalty on Livingston. So that really flipped the field right there. I mean, that basically made that almost 70 yards. Yep. Gosh. So Livingston doesn't get great field position, and they uh, they actually do move the ball. So Caleb Robinson with a 22-yard uh, run on this play, 22 for 22. Second and seven, the football is at the 44-yard line. The give goes Robinson, got the room, 45-50, 45-40, 35. He's going to get it down to the 30-yard line. He'll step out of bounds with the first national first down. They say he stepped out at the 33 with the first down. Well, you look at that, you know, that's what you got to think this offensive coaching staff has been thinking the entire game that there's some big plays to be had in the running game against this White County defense. Yeah, so uh, Robinson just kept getting the ball in the first half. 
Uh, he got he got it yet again on the next play. Only got two yards on the next play, and then uh, there's a 15 yard personal foul penalty on White County. Gives Livingston first and ten uh, inside the 20 yard line, and three plays later, more adversity for the Livingston Academy football team. And they'll have it third and four at the ten. Here's the ball fumbled, picked up by McDonald. McDonald fumbled it again. It's still loose, and the Warriors have got it. Well, that's something that Livingston doesn't do very much is turn the football over. They haven't had one in a long time, but just never got it cleanly. And once he tried to pick it up, he and Robinson were both there, the ball just rolling on the ground, and that's going to be a turnover there for the Livingston Academy offense, and White County forces that one. So that was the last, the, the first turnover since Stone Memorial game, September the 20th. Mm. They had went three straight games without a turnover. Yeah. So more adversity. You know, this is one of those games where things just were not going right. No, I mean, because right there you at least get a field goal out of that. You would, you would think you got points coming up. So, that, was, that was third and uh, something from the 10-yard line. make it 10 to 6, and you, you kind of feel good about yourself just a little bit. Um, but coming back to what Craig was talking about, the big plays in the run game, um, they played the pass. They I mean, were, they, definitely. They bracketed down. They brought a safety over to shadow uh, Wesley Smith. Yes. And I think that's what Coach McCoy saw is, that, hey, that safety's out of the way. or a single high safety virtually. You know, and they let him spread out. We're going to run it. Yeah. And I mean, he was he was taking what the defense gave him. Yeah, and, and we did a good job getting yardage, but then you just shoot yourself in the foot right there at the end of that drive. Mm. And, you know, now it's still 7-6. Yeah, still 7-6. So, Livingston fumbles the ball. White County takes over. Very next play, longest play of the night for the. I don't. It, it, it's not. Uh, I didn't include this one, but it is some more Livingston Academy adversity. Forty-eight uh, yard run by the White County quarterback. Quarterback, yeah. Man, just right up the gut. He got tripped up, I believe, at the end, or, he, or caught by Wesley Smith, or he's gone. Yeah, man. Uh, so a, a touchdown saving tackle there by the Livingston Academy defense. You know, don't give up. Don't give up. You you because uh, it. You would think that they they don't really let them gain another yard after that forty eight yard run, but uh, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But on the next play from scrimmage after that forty eight yard run, a two yard loss on a sack by Carson Smith. Then uh, they get two yards, so they're back even, back even now. And then the next play we're going to listen to is a touchdown saving defensive play. As they line it up on third and 11 from the 33-yard line. Play clock is at two. Down to one. They just get the play away. Leftwich back to throw again. Force out of the pocket. Looks. He lays it up deep down the field. Got a man in the end zone. It's knocked away beautifully. And incomplete. Boy, it looked like that one was going to be complete in the back part of the end zone. But the Wildcats knock it away. What about the recovery scene of Wesley Smith? It looked like everyone was beaten. Everyone was beat. Yeah. That guy was standing wide By open himself. in the and end zone. He took a shot there, too, off the goalpost. I kind of <laughs> felt bad for him. But Wesley, coming with all that momentum, gets a hand on the ball, knocks it away, and then just runs into him and you know, puts him right up against the goalpost. It looked like it was caught. Uh, yeah. And, I, I mean, it, it looked well, number one, it looked like a touchdown. As soon yeah. as he let go of the ball, man, uh, well, there's a touchdown. But Wesley Smith made a great play on the ball, come back and – he saves a touchdown. Hey, Wesley Smith's a great deep ball guy. Man. <laughs> so they make 48 yards on that one play. They don't gain another yard. They had a, a two-yard loss. He even said it was third and 11 there. So really they had lost a yard after that play. So they're at the 33-yard line, I believe. Let's see. No, it would be a 48-yarder, so that would be at the 31. 
bit the 31 yard line. So you think the guy's high already missed football. it. <laughs> it's high school football. He's already missed an extra point. They're going to try a field goal from here. That's a long way. Yeah, felt pretty good. It felt pretty good. I about was on the sideline. The kids, time. he's like, "Oh, that kicker's pretty good." He's got the. I said, "It's forty-eight yards. There's no way." Yeah. So uh, we're going to listen to that play right here. Sign this kid. Snap low. They're going to kick it. Kick is on the way, and the kick is going to be well hit, and the kick is good. Wow! He missed a uh, extra point, and he comes back and kicks a forty-eight yard field goal. Two forty to play in the half. It's 9-7, White County. Wow. Uh, Roger said it right. Wow. That's what you call a weapon. That was impressive. And some inside knowledge here is that he's only been kicking footballs for two years. Gosh. That kid's got a future. Yeah. I mean, I think he plays soccer as well. You can he needs, and he just stop. He is a college football kicker. Absolutely he is. He's a D1 kicker. Yeah. When, you, when you're putting him, th- he was good from 52 that was 50 to 55. Plus. Yeah. Yes. Both, well, more foreshadowing yeah. there. Yeah. But, damn, that's all I got to say. That thing was launched off his right foot. Wow. And it, I mean, it was good the whole way. Yes, it was. I mean, we're watching on the sideline. I said, oh, wow. I mean. Yeah. Because you feel like an idiot when you think there's no way he's going to kick no a 48 yard. Yeah, there's no they, way. Louis didn't even put Raven Carpenter back there to return Just to, it. to catch it and return yeah. it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and they, gone. <laughs> gone. So that makes the score now. White County, nine. Livingston Academy, seven. Not the way you thought it would be no, at No, no. Adversity throughout the entire first half for the Livingston Academy football team. So Livingston gets the ball back for their final possession of the first half. And they do not get a first down. Yes, they do. My bad. They get a first down on a, uh, a nine-yard scamper from the dual-threat quarterback, Will McDonald. Known for his legs. <laughs> and then uh, uh, on the next set of downs, there's a 10-yard holding penalty, so that puts Livingston Academy behind the sticks, make an incomplete pass on third down, which the dude was wide open. I believe it was Aubrey Hollers down the middle. Just, just the ball floated, just floated on him, and uh, that would have been – uh, it could have been a touchdown if it had been connection. But the f- ball falls incomplete, so Joseph Dees comes out, kicks it for 30 yards, 30-yard punt. You're, there's not much time left. You're thinking, White County, there's no chance. You know, no chance they're going to do anything. On on first down, they have a five-yard run. But there is uh, – I think, think it might have been on second down. White County drops back to pass, and he gets he gets sacked. White County quarterback left, which gets sacked. But they call this a horse collar, which to me, it was another word that starts with horse but ends with something else, call. (laughs) Yes, it was. I believe Bruce Lane would agree with you. I think he was telling that same thing to uh, the guy on the sideline there. But I just don't see how that's a horse collar. He grabbed him in in the front part at the collarbone. Man. So it's not. But that that gives uh, plus 15 yards for White County, and that puts them in field goal range because this guy lines up for a 47-yard field goal this time. So he's definitely in field goal range. And I don't have this play to listen to, but snap down, kick is up, and the kick is good. Way good. <laughs> Way good. <laughs> Way good. I never thought it would. I never thought I'd see that at Livingston Academy. I'm not going to lie to you. So double wow. Yeah. Uh, so that – that was the last play. So that was an untimed down. Yes, because the, of the, the half should have ended. That that horse collar penalty was horse manure is the, <laughs> the term I was talking about a minute ago. 
<laughs> so that was an untimed down to end the first half. White County makes a, another 40-yard field goal, 47-yard field goal. White County's leading the undefeated Livingston Academy Wildcats 12-7 to at halftime. Who'd have thunk it? Not me. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I thought it'd be a blowout. And so maybe that's how Livingston came out. They came out a little flat. Maybe they, they thought the same thing. But White County, a team that's going to fight fight to the finish, and um, they did. But uh, the first half, man, it, you didn't know what to expect. Again, coming into it, you look at the scores. You don't, you know, they don't play a region schedule, and how do this, how do these scores compare to what we've played? And man, they give us everything we wanted for absolutely all night long, really. So, uh, so to start the second half, White County gets the opening kickoff, and on their first drive, they get a first down. And then on their next set of downs, they are unable to uh, to get a first down, so they have to punt. And this guy, I don't know if it's it was, was their I don't know if their punter was their kicker. Was it two different guys? It was two different guys, yeah. Well, he hit a missile this time. Yeah, he did. It was a fifty-plus yard punt, went all the way into the end zone for a touchback. So Livingston gets the ball, and they play possession football right here. So they get the ball. Um, I don't know how much time is left. I didn't write it down. I didn't look it up. But this is the only possession for Livingston Academy in the third quarter, and they keep it the entire rest of the third quarter. They had 17 total plays in the drive. So just quickly running through it, a six-yard pass to Hollers, two-yard pass to Hollers, a seven-yard run from Car- from uh, Robinson, a negative two-yard pass to Hollers, a pass to Wesley Smith for eight yards for a first down, three-yard run from uh, Robinson, another three-yard run from Robinson, a nine-yard pass to Hollers for a first down, an eight-yard run by Robinson, incompletion, McDonald for three yards for a first down, straight ahead up the middle. My mobile quarterback. <laughs> a 10-yard holding penalty on Livingston, pass to Hollers for 15 yards, not a first down, though, because they had that 10-yard holding penalty. Mm-hmm. And then a big play here. I don't. I don't have it. I didn't put it in the uh, the highlight reel, but it was a highlight play. Handoff to Caleb Robinson, and he gets 11 yards and a first down by hurtling the up White County defender up and over. What a play, man! Yeah, he, you know it's a really dangerous play. Absolutely. I mean, look at Brian Maurer from the Vols. I mean, yeah. lands on that neck. Yeah, and then the the helicopter guy from Mississippi, yeah, State, Mississippi State a couple State. weeks ago. He didn't learn his lesson. Still, by the way, no. he still did it. No. So. Um, couple more plays here on this drive. So now we're in the fourth quarter. All those plays I just went through, that was the entire, was the third, entire quarter. third quarter. Yeah. Possession football, man. But really, you're behind. You don't really need to play possession football. You need <laughs> to score. So uh, a couple more plays left on this drive. A, a first down catch by Wesley Smith for 13 yards. And then the next play we're going to listen to. Football is a rule out of bounds at the eight-yard line. The give will go Robinson. Turns, starts it right, turns it back left. He is into the end zone. Touchdown, Livingston Academy. Pretty event back run as you'll ever see. It was designed to go to this right side. Again, that was taken away. Robinson just seen where he needed to go. Eight yards, touchdown, Livingston Academy. They're back on top. 13-12 to 12 now. So it's 13-12. to 12. They've got a kicker who can kick it a mile. You need to get up by three. Mm-hmm. So it's a good idea here to try for two points. It makes sense. The one point, extra yeah. point, doesn't do you any good. The bush chart says go for two. Absolutely. The trash can says go for two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Same person. <laughs> so uh, Livingston tries for two, 
Uh, McDonald drops back, throws it, I believe, to Hollers, and just uh, I think it's a good play by the White County defense. Well, Hollers let it get into his chest. It's, and it bounced out. But White County was there to kind of break it up, I guess, at the end. But we had that two-point conversion, just one of those rare misses, rare miscues, a night of miscues. Yeah, it was. it was more adversity there. You know, you think you're going to get up by three, mm-hmm. but you don't. Yep. So, two-point try, no good. Livingston is, of course, again up 13-12. to 12. White County gets the ball back, and here's the Livingston Academy defense for you. Three and out. They get a total of four yards on that drive. 35-yard punt. Livingston gets the ball back, and once again, they possess the ball for quite a bit of time. Uh, a couple, three, four first downs. And then uh, they had had... They'd had one guy shadowing Aubrey Hollers all night long. And on this play, this guy falls down. And here's the next play we're going to listen to. McDonald, two receivers to the right side. Takes, looks. He's going to try it across the middle of the pass. It's touchdown. Livingston Academy crossing pattern. They go to Hollers and they score. Well, Aubrey on that post pattern. He loves to run that in the middle of the field. So, yeah, the, the guy they had, I believe it was Griggs, their uh, running back, I believe that was the guy's name, he had shadowed Hollers all night long and had made some great touchdown-saving tackles, shoestring tackles on Hollers. And this time, I don't know what happened exactly, but you can see him laying on the, tur- the dirt and Hollers catching the ball for a touchdown. So, congratulations there. Livingston now up 20-12 to 12 with the extra point by T. Beatty. Momentum. Momentum, big-time swing. White County gets the ball back. Uh Gets a first down, but really unable to move move the ball at all. Another uh, tackle for loss by Carson Smith on the drive. They punt the ball back to Livingston, and Livingston, one of the one of the best connections in uh, Middle Tennessee football, to end this drive right here. McDonald to Smith. McDonald going to line him up here with two receivers to the right side. He looks to throw. McDonald. Going to lay it up deep. He's got a man out there. The pass is going to be caught. Touchdown, Wesley Smith. That took all of the uh, all of the uh, intrigue away from this one, boy. They thought they were going to run it. They just lay it up, and Smith is five yards behind everybody, and the Wildcats are on the board again. Go for the throat. That's what Coach Danny McCoy's always talked about ever since he came here back in 1989. So... They had been double covering Wesley Smith all night long. I, I don't know if that was single coverage on that. It was. They just they thought Livingston was going to run the football, trying to run the clock the clock out. You know, you're down by eight, so you got to get the ball back. You stack the box. It's like you're not going to run it, and you just forget. And he, I, and Wesley had a very quiet night. I mean, yeah. had a couple of catches, but nothing really to amount to anything. Um, but you kind of say, okay, I mean, they're going to run it. They're, they've forgotten about Wesley and Aubrey and – all these guys are just going to run it. We're going to stop and get the ball back off a punt, and then maybe have a chance. And um, Coach McCoy said, uh, "No, nah, he's still out there." And he was five yards behind. Yeah, him. it wasn't even close. He was gone. Forty-nine yards on that pass. Forty-nine and catch. yard. Yet another touchdown from McDonald to Smith. And so White County gets the ball back one more time, and unable to to do anything with it. They well, I would say they don't wind up scoring. They do drive the ball down the field because we're kind of playing prevent yeah, defense. Prevent. There's a personal foul penalty on Livingston. That gives them a first down. Another horseman, another one. There was, uh, and speaking of that, sometime later, uh, sometime earlier, 
in the game, there was an obvious horse collar on yes, Aubrey oh Hollers. Yes, on my And they didn't call it. There was also and an I obvious losing, face mask. I was losing my mind There was that. obvious face mask on the, on the Livingston sideline, and the I think it was Caleb Robinson's face mask helmet got turned around. The official's looking at it. Bruce is looking at it. We're all looking at it. Nothing. Hey, nothing ever happened. Mm. Tough. Tough, tough, but, tough. But there's 30 yards in penalties there on this last drive for White County. So they get down within scoring distance. And then uh, Weston Woody Klaus comes up with a big sack. Yep. Uh, negative eight, a negative eight yards on that sack. Uh, Raven Carpenter, 16. Raven Carpenter, uh, pass breakup to uh, prevent a touchdown in the end zone. And then the final play of the game, the last play we're going to listen to, right here. Third down. Now, this probably the final play of the game with seven seconds to play. Third down at the Livingston Academy, 23. High snap. Leftwich again to throw, rolls out. He's looking down the field. He'll fire it into the end zone. The pass this time is intercepted by Livingston Academy. And the football game is going to end right there. Wesley Smith will end this one by picking it up in the end zone. And the Wildcats escape. They did. They escaped. You know, you if you're just a casual fan, you look at Coach T or something, you say, well, Livingston beat White County 27-12. to 12, Pretty easy game. Yep. Next. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough, tough game. That was a hard-earned 27-12 victory right there. Again, credit White County, their coaching staff, for doing a really good job. That's a much different White County team than what we've played over the last couple of years. You know, combined score of 70 to nothing the last two years. And you know it's got to be some of the same kids. I mean, oh, yeah. So, I mean, it was, just, it was all coaching. I mean, that's just what it was. Um, but they give Livingston County Wildcats all they wanted. And, you know – there's a the positive out of this is it takes it gets you back to if you're Coach Lamb to say look hey it, if we come out flat if we come out you know like this again and next it's playoff game, time next game's against York too yeah well any, yeah at any time you're gonna get beat yeah you cannot come out and let your foot off the throat at any time uh, <clears throat> so let's uh, let's talk about some stats in the game uh, White County become the only the third team this season to score more than seven points. Against Livingston yeah, Academy. Yeah, I was going to say that they're the, the last team to score double digits was Smith County, and, and they were both garbage kind of – well, one was a garbage time score, and another one was just running it down all the way and couldn't yeah, do anything but score. kickoff return for yeah. 95 yards. But yeah. the last time that somebody scored double digits for that's Cookville, 21. So, yeah. I mean, props to them. They, they put up a hell of a fight. Uh, they had 172 total yards on the night, did White County but only 49 in the second half. Yeah, second half defense was, I think, the key. You give the Livingston Academy offense good field position, you know, in the second half. And uh, when you when you do that, um, eventually you're going to break free and get some guys open. I mean, you score 21, on that, 21 straight in the second – or in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the offense we're used to seeing is those 21-point quarters, you know, do, you know, multiple touchdown quarters. Um and it's it starts defensively. They started doing what they're known to do, and yeah, they had two uh, interceptions on the night. Did the Livingston Academy defense? So Livingston Academy offense, three hundred and sixty-five total yards, one hundred eighty-five rushing, one hundred eighty passing. Now, that's, thought, that's balanced. Would you have thought that though, just by watching it? No, no, not absolutely not. Once again, Caleb Robinson, a big, big night. Twenty-five rushes for one hundred and forty-two yards. I believe that is. He broke his career high by just a couple of yards from last week, and he had one touchdown on the night. Hollers had two rushes, kind of end-around rushes, for 27 yards, and McDonald five rushes for positive 16 yards. 
you know, usually but with sacks and stuff, my, he's in. That's the, my mobile quarterback. He's in the negative, but positive sixteen yards <laughs> for McDonald. Uh, passing McDonald was twenty-two out of twenty-seven. Very efficient. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two out of twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. One hundred and eighty yards and three touchdowns on the night. Uh, due to coverages, the way they were playing, uh, Hollers was seen to be the open man on most uh, most passing plays. He wound up with thirteen catches for seventy-eight yards and a touchdown in the game. He led the team in both receptions, total yardage. Smith, Wesley Smith, had four catches for 68 yards. Carpenter, two for 31. Both Smith and Carpenter caught touchdowns in the game. Uh, uh, Mosley had two catches for three yards. And one of them, you know, he had to catch it as he was falling down. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of hurt, yardage, yeah. hurt there. And then Robinson had one catch for zero yards. And that's that's the stats for the game. Livingston had 15 first downs, and the one turnover was a fumble. fumble. Yeah. So, a pretty dominant, really, performance if you look at the stat on line. Papers, on paper. On paper, it looks like we dominate them. And you know what? In all reality, outside of two bomb field goals, I mean, we you, did, yeah. You did. Yeah, but when did. you see that, see that 12 number pop up there and being a 15-point game, you know, I said I thought it'd be twenty-one, twenty-eight. You take those two field goals away, it is. But I mean, again, hats off to White County. I mean, that's the, been the best test we've seen since Upperman, and I feel like a much-needed test as you enter the bye week. You're able to teach off some of those things, and as you prepare to enter postseason play. So with that twelve points, Livingston is now giving up a whopping seven point seven five points per game. Yeah, they got to clean that up. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Uh, let's let's move now to the Region 3 4A scoreboard report sponsored by the law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. Of course, Livingston uh, is, we already talked about, their big win over White County. Uh, White County, uh, with that loss, falls to 4-3 and three overall on the season. Uh, other other region games, there really were no other region games. No, no region team played another region team this mm-hmm. week. DeKalb played Smith County. And I was correct in my prediction that DeKalb County would beat Smith County. It was a really good game. Uh, DeKalb won 28-24 to over the Owls. And then Cumberland County continued the losing trend on the season. They lost to Rockwood by a score of 14-37. to So Macon County and Stone were on buys this week. So the region standings after uh, October the 11th, Livingston Academy is a top region three. With a perfect eight and zero and three and zero record in the region, Macon County is four and three overall, two and zero in the region, so they're in second place. The Cab County improved to four and four overall, and one and they stay at one and one in Region Three. Cumberland County falls to zero and seven on the season, and they are zero and two in the region. Stone Memorial one and six overall, zero and three in the region. Uh, this coming Friday night, Livingston Academy, of course, is on a bye, as are several teams in the Upper Cumberland region. So um, there are some big region games, though. The other four region teams play each other. Yeah, if you look at the big one, is the obvious one. Yeah, Macon County and DeKalb, and yes. I believe that's at DeKalb, correct? It is at DeKalb. Yes. So how how why why is that major? If DeKalb County wins, it moves them to two and one. Drops Macon County two and one, battle a little of the second place there. Mm-hmm. However, it gets interesting still because if Livingston York doesn't matter in a region, so Livingston Academy has to travel to Macon County at the last, as the last game of the year. If 
And again, if, and it could happen. Macon County defeats Livingston Academy and loses to DeKalb. There will be a three-way tie for first mm, in wow. Region 3-4A. And imagine being the 9-1 team that is tied in a three-way tie yeah. with two other 500 teams yeah. for first place in the region. Hmm. Pretty tough. That throw a throw a fly in the ointment, so to speak. Even even more interesting, say Macon County beats DeKalb County. They're three and zero in the region. Their last game on the year is going to be against Livingston Academy, who mm. is going to be three and zero in the region. Yeah. Now you've got a game for outright first of the region. So I mean, Macon County's got a lot to play for. If you're Livingston Academy, you've got to keep that in mind that hey, this is big. I mean, we yeah. can't just say it's not a cakewalk. It's not a. You can't just be satisfied, and it's, I know they're not. But at this point, if you, you could you could rest up and go to the playoffs, be eight and two as you enter the playoffs. But let's get under. Let's get the the ten wins. Let's get the number one overall seed. You know, because looking across a little bit. Did I interrupt you, by the way? Well, uh, I was going to say that a big, big matchup. You know, you said DeKalb and Macon oh, was yeah. a big matchup. There's another big, big matchup coming up this Friday night, October the 18th, in Crossville on the Plateau. It is the Cumberland County Derby, <laughs> Stone Memorial, one and six on the season versus Cumberland County, zero oh and seven do on the you, season. Do you get a brag if you win that game? How, if you can't score, how are you going to win? That's interesting. Uh, looking at, hey, you know what? Let's look at this. <laughs> Cumberland County has scored 12 points on the year against Region 3 4A opponents. Not just outdone, though, by Stone World, who has scored 13. <laughs> so, uh, even even better, though, Cumberland County has, has allowed 90 points defensively in Region 3 4A. Stone World has allowed 91. Wow. So, boy, you talk about a barn it's burner. That, a may barn be the, burner. that might be the game to go to. I bet it winds up being 45 to 43 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it'll be crazy. Yeah. It'll be crazy. 40, yeah. Yeah, 49 to 45 or something like it, that. It'll be, a, it'll be a heck of a game for them. For them, yeah. I mean, yeah, nobody, yeah. I mean you know, everybody else would be like, wow, those teams are terrible. But for those two teams, I mean, it's a <laughs> – you know, it's a cross-city oh, rivalry. Oh, it, they don't like each other at you all. You know, there's going to be some black, bad blood there. Yeah, it, it. I mean, yeah, it don't really matter. But for them, it matters. No, it does. That could be Cumberland County's only win on the season. So I jumped a the gun there just a little bit. What's your other scores or other games this this coming week? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> this past Friday night, York played nobody. Westmoreland, a team we've played in the past, played nobody. Cookville, a team we played in the past, played nobody. Upperman team we played played nobody there was a bunch of buys across the board in the upper Cumberland region uh so there was no no real movement in the uh in wins and losses of our common opponents or opponents we've played previously uh this coming friday night uh, october the 18th the week that livingston's on a bye york travels to sequatchie county westmoreland plays at east robertson cookville travels to siegel and then Upperman plays versus Grundy County at home in Baxter. Uh, Smith County, team we played previously, who fell to 4-3 and three on the season with their loss to DeKalb, they host Cannon County this uh, coming Friday night. And then the team we just beat, White County, plays Thursday night football versus Clay County on October the 17th. Only game in the Middle Tennessee, possibly, on Thursday night. On Thursday night, night yeah. yeah. So that's my uh, Region 3 4A scoreboard. Of course, uh, uh, the other Wildcats in the Upper Cumberland, Monterey Wildcats, moved to 8-0 and as well uh, on the season. Got to so give them a shout-out. Congratulations to them. Go Wildcats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's look at uh, let's look at 
you know, we're you don't want the football team to be doing this, but this is a podcast, so it really doesn't matter. Let's look ahead. Look into the future. Crystal ball, so to speak. If Livingston was to finish ten and zero and get a number one seed in postseason play, who might their opponent be? Well, right now, as it stands, right now, as I scroll down on this Chromebook that's too smart for me, it is if they if season ended today for our Friday night, last Friday night, they would host Tullahoma from Region Four. However, just looking at that region, Region 4, 4A, uh, Nolensville is atop the region, followed by Marshall County, Maplewood, and Tullahoma. There's your four qualifying teams. However, it look, it would appear that it is a, for now, two-horse race in Marshall County and Nolensville, both 3-0, and o, but they have not played each other. Uh, looks like Marshall County is pretty doggone good. Uh, in scoring in the region and really overall, um, both offenses, uh, Marshall County's put up 267 points on the year. Um, Nolensville right behind them, 265. However, the defense for Nolensville, a little foreshadowing here. I know you want to talk something about them real quick. Uh, Nolensville's only given up 40 points on the year. Wow. So we think that we've given up, you know, slim pickings. Yeah. They've given Nolensville's up 40. a good team. Good yeah. Team. So uh, let, let's talk about what happened at, at Nolensville. I'm guessing it's at Nolensville, it doesn't say. High school this past Friday night. Nolensville, really good team, perfect 7-0 and record. Um, they haven't allowed a team to score over 14 points in a game this year. Really, really good team. Mm-hmm. I would really like to see Livingston play them this year. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you, you know, just down the line, oh, okay. if we were to get that far, mm-hmm. I'd really like to see that, uh, that, that, that game, just to see how good Livingston is against a really mm-hmm. good team. So let's talk about, I mentioned earlier in a previous podcast about the Glencliff High School football team. Macon County played them and beat them by seven, scored 70 points on them. And that team quit throughout the season. They, they just decided, hey, you know, they had too many kids uh, walk off the team, so they just folded. But then they were able to get the uh, players to come back. I think they've currently got 24 players, possibly. So there, there was a post on um, uh, Facebook here recently this weekend, and a very uplifting uplifting thing. So, Nolensville played Glencliff, who mm-hmm. is not a very good football team. Nolensville got out to a 14 to nothing lead in the first 40 seconds of the game. Wow. Yeah. Their starters did not play the entire first quarter. Like the first 40 seconds. They, they might have went out after that. Uh, so, the game was well in hand late in the fourth quarter. Nolensville's leading fifty-one to nothing over Glencliff. Glencliff throws, of course, I'm sure it's you know third stringers playing for Nolensville by now. Glencliff threw a long pass that was for a touchdown, but yellow marker on the field, holding call against Glencliff. Oh man! Down how many? Fifty-one to nothing. Why did he call a hold? I don't know. Put the flag in the pocket. Yeah, true, true. There's a holding penalty. So the Nolensville coaches. Decline the holding penalty. Good job. To give Glencliff a touchdown. Yeah, good job. How about that? Good job. Uh, some other things on this post they talk about uh, said that Nolensville uh, players helped pick up uh, the Glencliff players after the tackles. Fans cheered on any success. The Nolensville fans cheered on any success Glencliff had. Parents 
made pregame snacks for Glencliff. So just an all-around excellent, excellent showing by the Nolansville. Yeah. Atta, it, it's more than just a game. Yeah, out a boy, out a girl right there because that's, um, you know, we get so caught up in winning and having success and, and whatnot, but there's a lot of a lot of more that goes into that. And I think that's the beauty of high school football, especially small town. And, you know, there's a song, Kenny Chesney wrote, The Boys of Fall, mm-hmm. and how you're idolized. And, and, and in small town sports, I mean, you're a legend. You know, you can go – Far and wide. Danny McCoy's a great example. Wilson Cates a great example. Chase Dunn, Mason Ramsey. You can name a bunch. Jimmy Miller. I got a lot of guys that are still this day. People talk about Matten Hauser and Grant Swallows, and those guys haven't. Now Grant Swallows is the principal at, at White County, and mm-hmm. you know hasn't been around Livingston Academy in a, in a long time. But he he can walk onto the football field right now, and there are people going, "Oh, I remember 1996, 1997. Grant did this," and so. It's nice to see that um, the community rallied together, um, and again, an opposing community, to support um, a football team that's struggling and that needs a bunch of support. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's the kind of thing sometimes that, that maybe turns a program around a little bit. You know, yeah. if, if kids see that they're being supported, you know, they want to keep going and, and keep pushing through. And, you know, who knows? You touched on... Um, soccer team, you know, overseas, you know, moving up and um, yeah, the, the Bournemouth team, yeah, yeah. Who knows if we're not talking about Glencliff in a few years being really good, really good, five, ten years being a, a state playoff team that's you know dominant, yeah. and this is something that could turn that tide. Yeah. So uh, again, props to Nolansville, the yeah. community of Nolansville for doing doing such an outstanding job. You'd hope other schools would see that and and follow suit with with. Uh, Similar acts of kindness, let's say. Uh, anything, any, anything else you want to talk about there? The upcoming uh, uh, playoff games. Maybe we'll be that supportive of two and five York. <laughs> I don't know about that. We have to go up there. So oh, they'll be so they'll be so supportive. Yeah, of us. it'll be uh, uh, hugs and kisses. Yeah, I. Hopefully we'll hit this in time. Maybe somebody here, but there is a rumor that there is an interesting sign on oh, yeah. Yeah. 111. Now, just a rumor. We mentioned that earlier in the show that uh, Livingston and White County was the uh, final leg of the Highway 111 Cup, mm-hmm. which is a fictitious award created by me and you, mm-hmm. uh, the Hog Eye Sports Show anchors. But we want a sign on our football field. From now on, when we win this cup. So Livingston, Cookville, and White County, or Livingston, Cookville, and Sparta, are all on Highway 111. It it's a road that runs all through all three uh, communities, and so it it you know kind of combines the communities. It it puts us together. We'll play Pickett County too. So yeah, we could throw Pickett County in there and and, uh, Van Buren County. Yeah, we'll play. Do they even have football in Van Buren? I think so. I don't think so either. Uh, (laughs) So uh, the winner. Of the 2019 Highway 111 Cup is your Livingston Academy football team. Congratulations to them. Congratulations. Hey, we'll get that sign put up there. I'll take care of that. No beat worries. Cookville 28 to 21, and beat White County 27 to 13. Congratulations. 27 to 12. My bad. I was giving them an extra point. Yeah. They should have hit that they extra hit point. One. <laughs> they they needed one. <laughs> Just heard, hey, if, so you're, if you're out, out and about, yeah, 
I'm just saying, if you're out in the in the Cookville All Good area tomorrow, Monday, the what day is tomorrow? The 14th. 14th. Yes. If you're out in the All Good area, Cookville area, on the 14th, and you're riding down 111, there is potential to see a sign. I'd heard. I don't know. I don't. But I heard that there's potential there. Well, that's uh, exciting news. Let's hope. Uh, let's hope we get several pictures. Of yeah. This, if you if you get them. Sign. Post them. If you hate them, post them anyway. Yeah, I'll take them too. Uh, so congratulations to Livingston Academy on winning the Highway 111 Cup over White County and Cookville this year. It's always good to beat your rivals. Speaking of rivals, the next football game for Livingston Academy is not this coming Friday night. They are on a bye. The next game for Livingston Academy will be versus the biggest rival between me and you. Mm-hmm. The biggest rival for Livingston Academy. That is the Dragons of York Institute. It will be the it will be the 69th edition of the Academy versus the Institute. Livingston Academy has 39 wins. York has 29 wins. We're looking for our 40th win over the Dragons. However, the first win for this senior class yes. against York will be the first senior class ever, I think we decided well, last year. There, there might have been one back in the 70s or 60s, I think, that also lost four games in a row. I'm pretty sure. Okay, so one of two senior classes at worst to never beat York. Yeah, 84 to 88, York won five games in a row. Okay, there you go. But only one group of seniors that didn't beat York in history. So, Will McDonald, Wesley Smith, all all, all, all those 17 seniors we listed at the the start of this, Mm -hmm. you got one job in two weeks. And has to go up there and put up as many points on them and to make that little fire-breathing dragon deflate in the end zone and make them understand that you are Livingston Academy and you are for real and you are there to take care of business and you're on to Macon County. That'd be an asterisk against this, uh, you know, all these records that these these guys on this senior team have uh, accumulated. you got to beat your rivals. you got to beat, beat York. We've beat Smith County. We beat Cookville, we beat York, we beat Upperman. Not York, we beat Upperman, we beat White County. I get the atmosphere that was at Upperman. I get why they're a rival. I get why it's a big game. Oh, they are a rival. There's no doubt. This is just as much. There is no reason whatsoever that there should not be every Livingston Academy fan that says they're a fan that shows up here on Friday night, doesn't travel up that mountain, Put, you know, car ride, carpool together, get a bus, whatever you got to do, get the pig pen up there and travel up there and show up and show out because this is a big game. It's York, and a lot of the younger generation doesn't understand that, but I do. It is York, it, and you, there's I love a lot of people up there. Don't get me wrong, but on Friday night, on October 25th, none of them are going to like me, and I ain't going <laughs> to like them either, yes. that's okay. Yes, definitely. you got to have rivals. I mean, you can it's like people. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. you got to have big rivals. Uh and, and York is the biggest to me. Yeah, absolutely, it's, I agree. Because it it, it's so important to them. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, if you if you don't think it's a rivalry, okay, go up there yeah. and hope that you get the performance for Livingston Academy that they had against White County and see York win mm. and see what happens. Oh, yeah, that'd be a bad situation. Yeah. So let's not, uh, let's not dwell on that. Let's dwell on the big win over White County, but uh, keep that in the back of your mind, Hawkeye fans. The York game coming up in a couple of weeks, and then after that, you got one more game on the regular season at Macon County. Two two away games to end the season. A little tough there, having to travel. Going to get colder. The 
the conditions might not be as well good as they've been in the last uh, eight weeks. Could have some rain, snow possibilities. I never know. A couple of years ago at Macon County, I think it rained, snowed, hailed, did all everything, and, and yeah. did a little everything. So, uh, all right, let's uh, let's end that segment right there, and we'll be back to finish this twenty fifth episode of the Hall Guy Sports Show right after this. From Terrapin Ridge to Bear Holler and every place in between, thank you for listening to and supporting the Hall Guy Sports Show. Well, possum on a gumbush, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good portion of your day listening to the Hall Guy Sports Show. Uh, before we go, uh, we're going to have a shout-out here, Josh. A shout-out to the Tennessee Titans. They have played Marcus Mariota enough to open eyes and realize that he is not a franchise quarterback. Hmm. Putting up zero points at the 1-4 Denver Broncos today. Three interceptions on the day for Mariota. You gotta figure that there's no way on God's green earth that he is a franchise quarterback or gets paid like one, and they get a new quarterback in the off season. Mm. Thank you, Titans fans, <laughs> or Titans in general, and also Titans fans. I'm sorry, I feel your pain. All right, so if you uh, if you'd like to get in touch with anyone here at the Hog Eye Sports Show, you can send us your questions, comments, rants, or recipes to hogeyesports at gmail.com. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Sports, And on Facebook, we're at Facebook.com forward slash Show. And you can also send us a voice message by our profile on the Anchor app. And we would love to include some of y'all stuff in future episodes. Today's Hogeye Sports Show sponsor has been uh, a new set of, of attorneys that we've uh, we've got. This time, these, these attorneys specialize in divorce and the... The, the attorneys are Ditcher, Quick, and Hyde. <laughs> uh, <Been there. laughs> the executive producers of the Hog Eye Sports Show are Rocky Flintstone and Alexander Supertramp. Our weatherman is Luke out a window. Our TSSAA rules liaison is Sasha Payne Diaz. Our British doorman is Isaiah, old chap. Our book critic is Odessa Page Turner. Our scriptwriter is Philip Airtime. Our chauffeur is Minivan Driver. Our conservative political strategist is Eileen Tudor Wright. Our traveling secretary is Don Juan Go. And today's employee spotlight is our groundskeeper, and his name is Mo DeLon. So thanks to Mo for keeping our grounds looking tip top and ship shape. So for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson, and before I say so long, uh, some of you that may have been at the football game Friday night, you may have noticed that there was a song playing uh, in the background while the senior night festivities were taking place, and I'm going to play that song for you right now in its entirety.
big smile come over me when I seen Coach's old red face. It said when a flying cousin started, but June's like I got every day. No way of knowing what this game would mean to me. Blood, sweat, and tears, and brothers made me who I wanted to be. When did I become the guy that talks about way back then? I guess I'll be one of them boys that stands over by the fence. From way over there gave me a little different view. What you have one day next to Well, I hope you enjoyed that song. It's by some local artists, former football players. And now it's time to say so long, friends and neighbors.